Welcome, everyone, back to the Mblex Test Prep Podcast. Uh, I am I am David, your host on this magical journey through the world of the Massage and Bodywork Licensing Exam. Um, I know it's been a couple weeks since I have last um, done a podcast, and there, there are a few reasons for that. It's the holidays. Uh, happy holidays, by the way, to everyone out there. Uh, we're kind of in the middle, uh, kind of between Christmas and New Year's. I thought this would be, this would be a good time to throw a podcast together. Um, I recent, recently sold my house. So it, it, the past couple weeks have been nonstop moving, um, re- a really stressful time. But uh, luckily, I think we're all settled, settled in. Everything's taken care of. Um, I'm in a, a new place. So hopefully the acoustics in this place uh, sound a bit better than they did in my uh in my old house but we will see so um today what we're going to do is kind of get back into the flow of things i i do have um study guides available of course um as i mentioned in every podcast i have study guides available just go to my website mblextestprep.com you'll be able to find the study guides there uh, if you do have any of my study guides, please consider leaving, leaving a review of them on Amazon.com. Reviews go a long way towards helping me make, make a living. So when we come back, we'll get started. back welcome back welcome back okay so today what we're going to talk about in addition to our question of the week which of course is coming up uh we're going to talk about agonists synergists antagonists and fixators a lot of people have problems with uh with these they don't really grasp it don't really understand it so let's talk about each one of them exactly what they mean, and I'll give examples. Okay, so we're, we're going to start with uh, an agonist or a prime mover. So when we talk about these, um, these terms, we're talking about muscles and muscles that perform specific actions. So with an agonist or a prime mover, you're looking at the muscle that is primarily responsible for performing a specific action. So it all starts with that action, and then we look at the muscles that perform that action. The strongest muscle that performs that specific action is going to be the prime mover of that action. Now, muscles can be prime movers of some actions and then uh, synergists or antagonists of another. Every muscle has a... um, as an antagonist, a muscle that does the opposite. And so, so w- it, while you're studying, maybe link up those muscles that that do the opposite actions to kind of help connect things in your mind. Okay, so a prime mover is also called an agonist. It is again the muscle that primarily performs the action. So let's use gastrocnemius as our uh, well, like I said, we first have to start with um, with the action. So let's use plantar flexion as our action. So we're looking. So the the 
muscle that primarily performs that action, the strongest muscle that performs that action is gastrocnemius. So gastrocnemius is the prime mover or agonist. It is the strongest muscle that performs plantar flexion, standing on your toes, pointing your toes down. Okay, So that makes gastroc the prime mover or the agonist. So now we're looking for the synergist. Now you should definitely study your medical terminology. I know I say it every single podcast, study your medical terminology. It is really that important. A synergist, the medical term, the, the prefix syn, S-Y-N, it can also be sim, S-Y-M, means together. Uh, think of the pubic symphysis. It holds the pubic bones together, symphysis. Um, uh, how about a symphony? I'm just thinking of examples in my head. A symphony, everybody's playing their instruments together. Um, etc. It's there are numerous examples out there. So sin means together. So you're looking for the muscle that also performs that action, but it's not as strong as the prime mover or agonist. It's a muscle that helps the prime mover or, or agonist perform that action. So with plantar flexion, we have gastrocnemius as our prime mover or agonist. So we're looking for another muscle that performs that action but isn't as strong as the gastrocnemius. So of course, gastrocnemius you can always, almost always link up with the soleus, the muscle that's immediately deep to the gastrocnemius. They both attach onto the calcaneus via the calcaneal or Achilles tendon. Um, both of those muscles perform plantar flexion of the foot. Gastrocnemius is much stronger than soleus, though. So even though soleus uh, performs that action, it's not as strong as the prime mover or agonist, so that makes it the synergist. It helps. It works together with the gastrocnemius to perform that action. So hopefully that makes a little sense. So gastrocnemius with plantar flexion is the prime mover. It is the strongest muscle that performs that action. Soleus, even though it performs that action, not as strong. That makes it the synergist. It helps perform that action. Okay, so we've got prime mover, gastrocnemius, synergist, uh, soleus, in regards to plantar flexion. Now let's talk about antagonist. So again, your medical terms, I, man, I, say, I do say it every single podcast, don't I? Medical terms, really important. Make sure you're studying your medical terms. If you have my study guide, study that list of medical terms that I give you. Uh, use those flashcards that I give you uh, online and in my test book too. Uh, cut those out, make, make use of those. The medical term anti means against. Think of medications that start with the word anti, uh, anti-inflammatory agents, antifungals, uh, things that work against fungus, antipyretics, things that work against fever. Pyro means heat. It, I keep saying it. Learn your medical terms. Anti-against, pyro heat. So an antagonist is a muscle that works against the agonist. 
So with an antagonist, you're looking for the muscle that does the opposite action of the prime mover or agonist. Okay, so with the action plantar flexion, we have gastrocnemius as the prime mover. So to figure out the antagonist, we need to know the opposite action of plantar flexion. So if plantar flexion is pointing your toes down, standing on your toes, the opposite of that is pointing your toes up, also called dorsiflexion. Okay, so plantar flexion points your toes down, dorsiflexion points your toes up. Okay, so we need to figure out the muscle that performs dorsiflexion to determine what the antagonist to the gastrocnemius is. Okay. So we're looking for a muscle on the front of the leg that, that originates on the tibia. I mean, that should tell you everything right there. This muscle inserts onto the base of the first metatarsal and the medial cuneiform. So this muscle on the front of the leg is called tibialis anterior. It originates on the tibia. It's on the front side of the leg. That makes sense. Okay, so tibialis anterior is the prime mover of dorsiflexion. It is the strongest muscle that dorsiflexes. And you can actually feel that on yourself. There's nothing wrong with using your own body as a cheat sheet. Okay, so if you are taking your Mblex or something and it gives you a question asking about specific muscle actions, uh, perform that action and then palpate the muscles that are listed and see which one contracts, see which one you feel contracting when you perform that action. That can help you get that, the answer of that question. So don't be afraid to move during your Mblex. I'm going to say that a lot. Don't be afraid to move while you're taking your test. Don't get up and do jumping jacks or anything in the middle of your test. I'm sure the testing center wouldn't appreciate that, but uh, you can do slight movements like dorsiflexion and palpation of those muscles can help you get the answer. Okay, so dorsiflexion, tibialis anterior is the prime mover of dorsiflexion. That makes it the antagonist to the gastrocnemius in regards to plantar flexion. Okay, so it all starts with the action, uh, plantar flexion. We figure out the muscle that, that perform the strongest muscle that performs that action, gastrocnemius, that makes it the prime mover or agonist. The muscle that also performs the action but isn't as strong, so it helps the gastrocnemius, soleus, that makes it the synergist. The muscle that does the opposite action of the gastrocnemius. So the opposite of plantar flexion is dorsiflexion. The prime mover of dorsiflexion, tibialis anterior, that makes that the antagonist to the gastrocnemius in regards to plantar flexion. Now, of course, muscles do multiple actions. So you have to be specific when we're talking about those muscle actions. Like, which action are we specifically talking about? Right, because tibialis anterior is also an antagonist to peroneus longus because tibialis anterior inverts or supinates the foot and peroneus longus uh, everts or pronates the foot, okay? 
So it all starts with the muscle action. Make sure you are paying attention to the muscle action. Okay, so fixators. So we've got uh, agonists or prime movers, we've got synergists, and we've got antagonists. Now let's talk about uh, fixators. A fixator is a muscle that doesn't really perform an action on that specific joint necessarily, but it will, um, I mean, uh, if a muscle crosses a joint, it's going to move the joint in some way. Uh, fixators, a lot of times, just kind of stabilize an area so that a joint can move more effectively. Okay, so uh, let's see. What's an example? Um, well, supraspinatus is a really good example of a fixator. When it's not contracting, it stabilizes the shoulder joint. It helps hold the humerus up into the glenoid fossa. It helps to stabilize the glenohumeral joint, the shoulder joint. Okay. Now, it does contract and it does perform an action, abduction of the shoulder, but when it's not contracting, it definitely helps stabilize that area to perform other actions to take place uh, that it's not involved in, like horizontal adduction, bring your hands forward um, together, uh, shoulder flexion, shoulder extension, etc., etc. Okay? So... So let's talk about our uh, prime movers, synergists, and antagonists again. So gastrocnemius, again, it all starts with that action, right? Gastrocnemius is the prime mover of plantar flexion. So let's kind of switch roles now. So let's start with the action of dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion, the prime mover, the strongest muscle that performs that action is tibialis anterior. Okay. A synergist would be extensor uh, digitorum longus because it also performs the action. It's just not as strong. And the antagonist, the muscle that does the opposite action of dorsiflexion, which is plantar flexion, would be gastrocnemius or soleus or any muscle that performs plantar flexion. Okay, so every muscle uh, has an antagonist has a muscle that does the opposite. So if you know that gastrocnemius is the prime mover and tibialis anterior is the antagonist to that, you can switch those roles around and they still apply. Tibialis anterior is the prime mover of dorsiflexion. Gastrocnemius is the antagonist uh, for, for dorsiflexion because it plantar flexes. Okay, so hopefully that helps make a little bit of sense. Every muscle has, it has an antagonist, a muscle that does the opposite. Okay, And just because a muscle is a synergist of one action doesn't mean it doesn't have an antagonist. Any muscle that does one action has another muscle that does the opposite action. So those muscles are antagonists to each other. Some muscles, which are kind of weird, uh, are actually antagonists to themselves. There are some muscles that perform opposite actions. Um, a really good example is the pectoralis major. So the pec major um, flexes, excuse me, trying to think of the right words to use. The pectoralis major flexes the shoulder. So bring your 
So we can, we can all do this together. Bring your shoulder up, straight forward, like you're shaking someone's hand. Bring your, bring your shoulder up into flexion, and then bring it even higher, like you're reaching for something straight above your head. That puts your shoulder into flexion. So pectoralis major performs that action. Now, when it's in this position, if you start slowly bringing down your, um, your pec major again, or your shoulder again, you can feel pec major contracting. So when it's, when it's flexed, when it's in a flexed position, like really flexed, the fibers of the pec major will actually pull it back down too. It's kind of weird. So pec major flexes the shoulder and extends the shoulder when it's in a certain position. So not every muscle does that, of course. Um, very few examples of that, where a muscle can be an antagonist to itself. It can perform opposite actions. Uh, some muscles, the synergists, are also antagonists in, in some, uh, some actions. So let's, let's see. Um, so let's use pec major again as our example. So pec major flexes the shoulder, right? primarily flexes the shoulder. One of the antagonists to that, a muscle that extends the shoulder, is latissimus dorsi. Okay, so those are antagonists to each other in those specific actions. But pec major also medially rotates the shoulder, which is another action of latissimus dorsi. So they are actually synergists in that specific action. Okay, so it's, ne it's never really black and white with our synergists and antagonists. Some muscles are antagonists. It, it, again, it all goes back to the action, right? So focus on your action first, and that gives you the answer. Then you just got to gotta think, okay, this specific action, which muscles perform that action? It's never the pec major is always an antagonist to the latissimus dorsi, or the gastroc is always an antagonist to the tibialis anterior. It's never that simple, unfortunately. What I find works best is you think of the action and then you think of the muscles that perform that action, okay? And then you just kind of go from there. It's never, um, you, it kind of hard to explain. You don't want to, want to just list a muscle and then list all the synergists and antagonists because, again, each muscle has different synergists and different antagonists depending on the action that it performs. Okay, um, So that's, that's our little lesson about synergists, antagonists, prime movers, and fixators. I uh, hope that helped. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, question of the week. Stay with us. back. It's time for a little segment I like to call Question of the Week. week, week, week. Question of the Week. All right. This week's question um, shouldn't be too difficult. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, figure this one out. Okay, here it goes. Now think of all of your test-taking techniques that we've talked about in our previous podcasts. Uh, we can use a decent amount of them in this, in this question, okay? 
the thyroid produces the following hormone. Insulin, calcitonin, testosterone, progesterone. Okay, so I'm going to read that one more time. The thyroid produces the following hormone. Insulin, calcitonin, progesterone, progesterone. Or excuse me, testosterone, the third one, testosterone, and then progesterone. All right, so which ones can we... Um, okay, let's start with our keywords, okay? Thyroid is the keyword here. Um, now, be because all of these listed are hormones, um, hormone isn't, um, isn't really a keyword. They're all hormones, so we don't have to worry about that. Okay, now if, it, if any of them said sweat then hormone could be a key word because we know that sweat is not a hormone. Okay, the thyroid produces the following hormone. Insulin, calcitonin, testosterone, progesterone. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and eliminate two of those. Which two can you immediately eliminate? Insulin, calcitonin, testosterone, progesterone. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate testosterone and progesterone because those are uh, sex hormones. Uh, testosterone, male hormones. Um, progesterone, female hormones. Okay, so I, the thyroid, testosterone is produced by the testes, progesterone produced by the ovaries. Okay, so I know that those aren't the thyroid. Okay, so those are gone, completely gone. Then it, again, eliminating answers greatly improves your chances of getting a question right. So now that we've got two of those gone, it's a coin flip, a 50-50 chance of getting this question right. So even if you don't know the answer, you have greatly improved your chances of getting this question right. Okay? So A, insulin, B, calcitonin. That's all we have left. Okay, so insulin is uh, responsible for lowering blood sugar in the body, right? So I know that insulin has to get into the bloodstream somehow, and it is actually part of the digestive tract. Now, even though insulin is a hormone, uh, it's primarily responsible for, again, breaking down blood sugar. Now, the thyroid up in the throat, not really sure how that could enter into the duodenum, which is where insulin empties into before it gets into the blood. So that leaves us with really one answer, calcitonin. So the thyroid, the answer is B, calcitonin. Calcitonin reduces uh, calcium levels in the bloodstream. So you never want too much of something like calcium in your blood, just like you don't want too much sugar in your blood. So why insulin uh, takes care of that. Okay, so the answer is B. So we identified our keyword, thyroid. We know that they were all hormones, so the hormone wouldn't be a keyword in that instance. 
we eliminated testosterone and progesterone. That left us with insulin or calcitonin. And because we know what insulin does, uh, we know that it comes from an organ that's part of the digestive tract, the pancreas, an accessory organ in the digestive system. So that leaves us with calcitonin. So again, even if you don't know the answer, eliminate answers, identify your keywords, read every question in every, uh, every word in every single question, and that'll help you figure out the answer. All right, so that about wraps it up today. Uh, again, I hope everybody has a wonderful uh, holiday week. Had a, a, a wonderful holiday weekend. Uh, what is today? Today is the 28th. Uh, we're almost at the end of the year. I want to say thank you uh, for uh, sticking with me throughout the year. Uh, some of you have been with me for longer than a year. Some of you have just discovered me. Welcome. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for making 2017 a great year. And here's to 2018. I've got a lot of big plans coming up uh, in 2018. I'm looking at starting a continued education website. Uh, I've got more books in, in the works. Um, of course, the podcast I'm going to be doing. Like I said, try to do a podcast a week. Uh, this month, not, not the best month, but I'm, I'm definitely looking at doing a podcast a week for sure and just getting everything um, running as smoothly as possible. So thank you again. And here's a shout out to my friends uh, Stabby Unicorn and the Brian Titus Trio uh, who provide the music for this wonderful podcast. And until next time, this is David saying farewell. Thank you.